this is Greg Duncan, and everybody's bailed on me again. But that's okay, because we've got a great guest scheduled to come on. Uh, somebody whose name I, I rather like. Makes it rather easy for me to remember it and pronounce it, usually. Even though I did have to have him pronounce his name in the pre-show, just to make sure I didn't screw it up. So, who is this mystery guest? Gregor Suti. Gregor's a software guy living near Glasgow, Scotland, and has been a software engineer for just under 25 years. Gregor started his career in 1994 working with VB6, Com Plus, working on ASP page web apps for the first few years of his career. Gregor then moved jobs to Glasgow, where he began working for 11 years in another small IT firm, contracted out as a consultant to Barclays Blank, <laughs> Blank, Barclays Bank, yeah, see, I told you I was going to screw this up. I always do it. Wouldn't be a show if I didn't. On and off for the next 11 years, where he started working with .NET since its beta. Gregor then moved to work as a software developer in the oil and gas industry, working as a software engineer, before moving to J.P. Morgan, where he worked as an application security champion and site reliability engineer. Gregor is currently head of development services for an IT services firm and spends his day focusing on delivering the right business outcomes for his customers. His current passions are Azure and DevOps and recently sat for eight Azure exams in three months and is working on Azure architecture exams accreditation. <laughs> Gregor, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Greg. Nice, nice to be on board. <laughs> so, all right, the first thing I have to ask you is uh, you posted uh, back in January about an AMA that you got to go with. Tell me about this AMA. Yeah, so basically on Twitter, um, one of the UK developer advocates um, tweeted me, would I like to meet up with Scott Goo? So I had the opportunity for Scott Goo to come over and basically there was, there was 10 people invited to go down to the, the London Reactor, the Microsoft Reactor down in London, and basically uh, an AMA, Ask Him Anything meeting. And it was basically about um, Azure in the UK. So that, that was like a lifetime opportunity. So basically, couldn't refuse that. So it's not every day you get invited to meet Scott Goo. So yeah, I jumped at the chance. And um, on January the 18th, just there, I got an invite down, went down to meet him, um, went in and basically sat in with Scott Cusway, which is like a dream come true. So not every day, like a geek like me, who's a big Microsofty, gets to meet the guy in charge of, of Azure. And he's actually in charge of Azure, AI and data. And he also has the people from GitHub reporting. So, yeah, that was just an amazing opportunity. And we basically had an hour of his time, which ended up being an hour and a half, where he introduced himself, told us about what he does day to day, mentioned the stuff he's in charge of, um, told us a bit about what's coming up, what he's working on just now. Uh, and then we got a chance to ask him questions. So we basically just opened up, he opened up the table and, and the 10 people got to ask him questions. Yeah, and then it was, it was fabulous, absolutely amazing experience. So that's got to be like, Awesome. Yeah, it was. It was like, I couldn't believe when I got the tweet. I thought, is this real? Is this actually happening? But yeah, it was. I know it's quite geeky, but yeah, for me, it was absolutely amazing. You don't <laughs> yeah. get that opportunity ever again. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would mention that to my wife and she'd look at me like I was an idiot. But, you know, I would be like giddy as a schoolgirl in that kind of situation. Yeah, I was. Uh, to be honest, I was giddy. Yeah, no, it was great. It was absolutely amazing. The guys I worked with couldn't believe it either. So, yeah, not everything that happened. So, yeah, it was amazing. We got to ask them. There's loads of different questions from different people from different backgrounds, but yeah, it was, it was absolutely amazing. But just to see what he does day to day, where, he, where he's been, what he's doing, a bit of his background. So he started like a long, long time ago. Um, he obviously kind of almost invented .NET. Uh, yeah, um, Ari, 
So talking about Azure and all the things going forward, he also talked at length about the GitHub acquisition. So yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Once in a lifetime. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. He was the one that created the first MVC, ASP.NET MVC, like on a plane or something. Yeah, yeah apparently it was on, a, on his laptop on a plane. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hard to believe, but yeah, it's kind of a long way since there. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. has. I, mean, I, I couldn't actually believe I was sitting in a meeting room. It was like probably the best meeting I've ever been in because I'm not a big fan of meetings, but yeah. I mean, he's on the senior leadership team from Microsoft. I mean, he reports directly yeah. to Satya. So yeah, that's... I think he's in charge of something like a four billion dollar enterprise. So yeah, <laughs> that's not my usual kind of meetings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was it was exceptional? Yeah, the fact that you could ask him a question and kind of even turn around and look at you and answer it at length um, was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I am very jealous, man. Yeah. Very even jealous. when you ask him a question, he would say, "Well, I'm not sure." Drop my an email and I'll get back to you. And he did. So, yeah, it's not every day you have someone like that doing that. So, yeah, passed off, passed off to him. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Uh, uh, Gregor and I were talking about a uh, text storm my wife has been sending me, my dog, Angel. I, you guys don't need to know this, but, you know, whatever. Um, you're going to because it's, you know, our podcast. So I'm going to share this with you. My dog, who is an English cream golden retriever, was out roaming in the backyard, and we have a gopher problem. And she likes digging for the gophers, but has yet to catch one in the two and a half years we've had her. Well, unfortunately, or fortunately today, she caught one. And I guess according to these texts here, uh, she ate it. Just ate, like, whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife is all freaking out. It's like, oh my god, this is the grossest thing I have ever seen. <laughs> one last gopher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now hopefully she got the taste, and all that digging will be worth it. But uh, she called the vet, and the vet said they should be fine. She might, you know, yak up some hair and a monitor, but you know, mm. she should be okay. But yeah, that's there you go, dog. <laughs> But Mini Scott Goo is better than my dog having a gopher. Yeah, that was yeah, that was good. That was probably the best meeting I've ever been in, hands down. All right, so I have to ask, since we're both on the outside of Microsoft, uh, what do you think about the Azure DevOps branding? Um, I think well, as as a dev, you know it's hard to name things. I'm not entirely convinced that Azure DevOps is a great name. For a long time after that, I still called it VSTS, you know, after Visual Studio Team Services. Yep. I, I sometimes still refer to it as that. Um, I've seen people call it ASDO or ADO. I'm not a massive fan of that because my background's kind of Microsoft-y. <laughs> and ADO is a different thing altogether. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of a bit confusing. Um, I, I don't know. It's hard to name it. I, I've had to think about what else you could name it, and I haven't come up with anything. So I guess you've got to call it something, but... Yeah, Azure DevOps is a bit odd. I guess I'm used to it now. Yeah. Taking a bit well to sink in, but I still refer to it as VSTS in my head, I think. Yeah, yeah I hear you. I, I'm in the same boat. You know, listeners have heard me whine about this long enough. But, uh, yeah, what what else kind of – the Azure part is good and yeah, also yeah. bad. Mm. Yeah, because it's not just Azure you're deploying to or, or, yeah. or using. Yeah, you can use the boards and you're not really using Azure that much, so – yeah, I mean, you could deploy to AWS, which means it's not really Azure. But yeah, I think, yeah, as you say, it's, it's, the Azure is okay. Um, yeah, I guess they've got to call it something at the end of the day. <laughs> Microsoft planning is not the best, we all know that, but yeah, or something. So that's what it is, I guess. I, I guess it could have been, you know, worse. It could have been Microsoft uh, engineering uh, repository and, you know, code 
working thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. I've had a wee think and I couldn't really come up with something. It's quite funny when you're trying to come up with a name for something. Yeah. We all slag it, but at least we don't have to do it. Because <laughs> you want to try and keep you want to try and keep it a small name. You don't want a big long name. Um, so yeah, definitely yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you say one of your passions is DevOps. Yeah. What, what do you personally feel DevOps kind of means? So before DevOps was a thing, um, I worked in JP Morgan, and when I was working there in the bank, uh, we had teams of devs and we have teams of operation people. And to me, the devs never really spoke to the ops, and the ops didn't speak to the devs. So there were two different. Two different styles of, of people working on working on the same company. Um, so for me, it's, it's DevOps has got a different meaning to different people. But for me, it's kind of having a, a relationship between the two. So you've got some sort of relationship between the, de- the development people and the ops people, and you kind of try and help each other. So for me, um, when I was when I was at the bank, it was about trying to align these two teams for a common goal. So we had ops people helping us, and we had our dev team trying to help people, but no one they weren't uh, communicating very well. So for me, DevOps is about um, managing people and trying to get a common goal and trying to deliver the, the product at the end of the day um, and, and kind of working together. So I guess it, it kind of means that to me, just based on working in companies like that where the two the two are segregated quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And, you know, DevOps is one of those terms where if you bring 10 developers in a room and ask them what it means, they'll get 11 different answers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's a bit like Agile. I mean, if you speak to people about Agile, it's the same again. You could, you could 10 different opinions of 10 different people about Agile. So, yeah, I, I do like uh, Donovan Brown's, these people in pro- Yeah, so yeah, I'm sorry, you were saying you like Donovan Brown's? Yeah, he's a knowledge of uh, people in process. So, yeah, it's about people and process. It's not just one or the other. So what I found in the bank was it was difficult for dev people to talk to the ops people because they didn't really get, they didn't really communicate very well and we found that the ops people didn't really know what we did and the dev people weren't really sure what the ops people did. We kind of had an idea, but nobody really working together for a common goal. And once you bridge that gap, so that's kind of where the SRE role came in when I was, when I was at the bank. I tried to bridge that gap and, and help the, the development people um, get more idea of, of what the problems the ops people have and get the ops people more up to speed with what, what we're developing and what kind of practices we're trying to use going forward. Now, JP Morgan, I know, is a monstrous organization. Mm. Did you run into any problems even getting them to talk? You know, I know uh, there's a lot of you know, concerns, security concerns, separation of concerns that, you know, only certain people can access production, only certain people can yeah. do releases, all that good kind of stuff. Did that get in your way? Or? Yeah, that, yeah, that always gets in your way. So, Basically, when I was at JP Morgan, what used to happen was developers would write their code, package it up, and then ops people would come along and, and deploy it. So development staff didn't really see the servers and how things were configured, um, and the ops people didn't really know what they were deploying, which I always thought was quite funny. So yeah, there's there's, there's, there's always the, the knowledge gaps, basically. So I took up the SRE role to try and fill that gap, um, to, just to try and make things easier for development people to get servers spun up uh, and the ops people to have more idea of what was going on. So the ops people used to have the passwords for, for deploying, um, but the development staff didn't really um, help in the, in much. Okay, so right now, are you in your day-to-day kind of life, are you doing consulting, doing installs, or, or how are you yeah. doing DevOps now? Yeah, we're doing DevOps now, so we're doing that for a lot of customers. Um, I've been doing one or two DevOps workshops for, for, for our customers. 
uh, a lot of our customers are coming to us and are actually scared about what does DevOps mean for them. <laughs> they, keep, they keep hearing DevOps and think, well, what are people doing? Um, so, yeah, I've been at a few customers and just basically talking to them about DevOps. Um, I've also been out doing workshops, as I said, uh, and just trying to just trying to sort of show them what DevOps means and, and how you can go about getting started with it. Uh, it's been really interesting just to see how different companies currently do it. Um, sometimes it's quite scary when you see how people are doing it, but yeah. So yeah, um, service installs, we, we use Azure, Azure DevOps quite a lot um, going forward. Uh, we've used it in a number of projects. So yeah, yeah. So are you, are you doing mostly server or service? Um, we're mostly deploying to Azure actually, to be honest. Okay. So we're using Azure DevOps to build, test, and deploy to Azure at the minute. We have one or two customers who want to do on-premise. Um, so we're going to be looking at the, the DevOps server 2019 once that comes out. Yeah, that should be out soon, like really, mm-hmm. really soon. Yeah, yeah. A lot of customers are quite excited about that. Yeah, because a lot of people still want their stuff in their own data centers. <laughs> yeah, I used to be an on-prem guy, but as soon as we moved uh, the service, man, I, I never want to go back. It is just yeah. so nice. Yeah, I mean, currently in work, I don't think we've actually any on-prem servers. We're actually all on the cloud. Um, our customers still have data centers and, and servers on-prem, but um, we are, we are, my company's entirely in the cloud now. Mm-hmm. It actually feels old school to deploy to servers, to be honest. I think in five, five ten years' time, that'll be a thing that's quite rare. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah. Okay, so for, as somebody who is going out and talking to a lot of companies and you know, you're doing the workshops and doing implementations, you see a lot of different things. Mm. <laughs> What's like the coolest implementation of Azure DevOps that you've seen? Um, that's, that's a good question. I've not really seen too many cool things. We're actually probably doing the cool things for our customers. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're coming to us and, and basically saying, can you, can you do our deployments for us and kind of put DevOps in place? We haven't really been out there and seen anyone doing any cool stuff. So we've actually been doing, we've probably been doing the cool stuff, to be honest. Um, okay, then what's the coolest you guys have done? Uh, I think the coolest stuff I've done previously, um, and another company, we rewrote an old legacy system uh, where we used Cake. I don't know if you've heard of Cake Build, mm-hmm. um, the C-sharp yeah. make thing. We've done that with, with Octopus Deploy. So I did that at one of my previous jobs. That was really cool. So we rewrote the entire build and deploy pipeline using Cake Build um, with Octopus Deploy. So that was basically building new get packages and deploying via Octopus. So that was fairly cool. That was quite new when it was out. And I'm a big fan of Octopus Deploy. Uh, <laughs> it's very good, yeah. Yeah, we had the Cake guys on. God, it's been a couple of years now, I think. Mm. But uh, yeah, that was that was always something interesting to me. Yeah, I, think I love Cake. To be honest, we used it at JP Morgan as well. We kind of rewrote the, the build pipelines um, using Cake and yeah, I think it's really good. It's really, um, you can split it up into independent little little, little chunks of deployment tasks. Yeah, I really like that. And it's easy to test as well. Okay, so I got a question for you. Totally off the rails, not, mm-hmm. not in what we've talked about previously. The new YAML capabilities in Azure <laughs> DevOps. Are you a YAML guy or a click visual guy? Oh, I'm a click visual guy, 100%. <laughs> I, yeah, just my... It's like my eyes just aren't trained to YAML at this moment in time. I know, I understand why you would want to use YAML for kind of putting your YAML file into um, source control and having multiple people edit it. I get all that, but my eyes just do not look at YAML and think, yeah, I know, I know what's going on there. So the first thing I always do, even in the, the workshops, is to do the um, the visual, the visual, the, the UI. Yeah, I'm not a fan of YAML at this moment in time. I can see its benefits, and I do need to get my head around it, but I've just, I've always kind of, Taking the easy route, if you like, 
and went for the, the UI. I feel like I'm cheating a wee bit, but yeah. I heard it. Good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm sitting here with my arms raised in, you know, celebration that I'm not yeah. the only, you know. <laughs> I've, got guy. From, I've got a friend from Microsoft who's a, who's a, a dev manager and he's, he's trying to coerce me into using um, YAML, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> Yeah, it just doesn't feel. It feels wrong. I don't know why. It just doesn't feel. It doesn't sit with me quite like. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we talk about the coolest DevOps things. Mm. What's what's like the weirdest or the off the wallest thing? Off the wallest. Um, uh, I would say without naming customers, I've seen customers. Yeah. I've, I've seen customers in the past who haven't even been using source control. So that's that's kind of oh. that's kind of scary. <coughs> yeah, that's not been good. Um, when I was at JP Morgan, um, we used to deploy, and it was basically using an Excel spreadsheet to deploy stuff. It was basically handing over a spreadsheet of tasks to give to an operate an operations person, which wasn't fun at all. So they didn't really have intimate knowledge of what you were deploying. So that was lengthy times. You, you were deploying a website, a couple of services, and it would be maybe six, seven, eight hours in length. So yeah, that was that was not fun. Not fun at week, on a weekend when you're trying to deploy something. Yeah, that wasn't good. So that was probably. <laughs> the, the, the wildest, to be honest. Yeah. In this day and age, age, you should be automating your deployments, and, and it should be one click. If you can, if you can spend the time doing that, then you you win in the long run. Yeah. Sparking yeah, back just a couple of weeks ago, we had a small group here, and I gave them a DevOps little luncheon chat, and they're doing a lot of Python development, and yeah, they they weren't they're storing it on a file server and every time they did a release they would copy it and i'm like i just shook my head it's like no no yeah i've seen the still still one or two projects still right click deploy or right click publish inside visual studio <laughs> yeah that that doesn't sit well with me to be honest i'm not a fan of that <laughs> i can get why you do it and why it's there but to me it should be it should almost come up and say are you really sure you want to do this <laughs> and then send me a link to why it's not a good idea so for me these kind of tools should tell you, like, this is probably not best practice. I understand why they're there, and sometimes you just want to deploy a web app real, real quick. But it becomes the norm if you're not careful. Yeah. If companies and people don't don't get the, the kind of information that that's not best practice, then that can lead to the wrong thing. Yeah. I've also seen, like, deployment. When you right-click and publish, I've seen the published settings getting checked into source control and stuff like that, and that's not what you want to be, to be, <laughs> to be doing. Yeah, so that's quite scary. So... You know, again, speaking of Azure DevOps, what's like the best thing about it for you? For me, uh, I think the best part is the build pipelines. Um, the reason why I say that is you can build any kind of code. Um, so you can deploy .NET, uh, Java, Python, anything like that. And you can also deploy it to on-prem or any cloud. So it's not just Azure. It's AWS, it's Google. So it's any language, to any environment you can think of. Um, and it's all in the one tool. So yeah, I think the build pipelines are fantastic, even though I'm not fun of YAML. <laughs> yeah, I just love DevOps. I think the Azure DevOps tool is, is fantastic. I'm used to using different tools in the past, and it's one tool for this and build, and one tool for deploying. And yeah, it's not it's not great. So one tool is, is really good for that. And the the pipelines with the deployment process, we're we're really seeing the payoff. You know, because the move from the XAML builds yeah. to the VNext yeah. builds was painful for a lot of people. Oh, but it certainly was. Thankfully, I've not had to use TFS at all, so I'm not really clued up with TFS. But yeah, the uh, build pipelines is probably my favorite part. I just think it's really easy to do. Yeah. Um, pretty straightforward. There's a lot of nice templates there for you. So yeah, it's very, very good. Cool. I'm doing a lot of um, uh, infrastructure as code at the minute, so I'm really liking the build pipelines and that kind of stuff. That's very cool. Mm. 
What part of Azure DevOps do you think um, sucks or <laughs> needs needs a little bit of work? Um, to be honest, I think the UI is a little clunky. Mm -hmm. when you're, it feels like you click a lot. You're clicking a lot to do stuff. It feels like when you actually like when you're doing a manual deploy. I know you shouldn't really ever do a manual deploy, but a manual deploy feels like you're clicking deploy three or four times, and and it's not very consistent. I feel like you do the same thing three different ways, yeah. and the buttons are all I don't know. I just think the UI is getting better. Don't get me wrong, I'm not here to slag it at all. I really like it. Um, but it's just a little clunky still. So there's a lot of clicking involved. This is probably my main group. I think it could be a little bit slicker. Yeah, and the, the consistency. You know, I did not know, but until somewhat recently, they didn't actually have like UX guys. All the little, you know, the release team had their UI guys and the build teams and the work item teams. Everybody had their own UI teams, and that's why it was so fractured. Yeah, I mean, there's things like it asks you for a comment, and it's just like a random box for slashing it, and it's stuff like that. It's a wee bit weird. And then introduced things like um, within the sprint, you could add a sprint kind of goal, and it was like it was like supposed to be a large text box, and it was like one one line. And I'm like, well, what if you want to add quite a large sprint goal? I know you shouldn't really, but one of, one of the projects we worked on, the guy wanted to write like three or four lines, and it was on one line, and stuff like that wasn't great. But yeah, I think the UI is all needing still a bit of love. The one thing I do love about it is is the fact that you could the um, the feature gate type stuff where you could turn off the on and off, on and off the features. I thought that was really cool. Mm. So you can actually click it all off and go back to VSTS, which a lot of people didn't know at the time. But yeah, I think that's pretty smart. Yeah. The new features you can turn on and off is really cool. Yeah. So what do you think is like the hidden gem of Azure DevOps? The thing that you like use all the time, but you just don't hear people talking about it or it doesn't get much coverage. Um, it's not really a huge amount. Probably the check-in gates. Um, so check-in gates is basically if you create a branch of your code, you can set up that it, that it'll build your branch before you can you can try and do a PR, which is pretty cool. Um, I've seen one of the guys that one of my friends uses it for. You can only check it in. Sorry, you can only do a pull request once you've got a, an item in the board. So you must have a task assigned to that check-in, which is quite nice. Once you see all that flowing and the whole flow of getting that working, so you've got the the pull request, um, the kind of code review, and then the approval. Uh, you've got to have one, at least one person approve it. That whole that whole flow is quite nice. I'm not sure a lot of people are using that, but yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about I, when I was writing these questions up. It was like, what would be mine? I think it's the REST API. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, the the fact that you can do they expose so much of the service via that REST API of, of all the different things on it and seeing some of the, the blogs, uh, I've seen people of using it and just doing just cool stuff that you can't do in the UI. That's yeah. cool. That is very cool. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a few good examples of that. Yeah, you can create your own dashboards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that is, that is pretty cool to be fair. That's a good one, That's a good show. <laughs> so you've been doing some Azure DevOps posts. Uh, you, you did a series on automated releases. What kind of stuff did you talk about? Yeah, so I was basically just doing a kind of simple how to do an automated release. So that basically involves doing a build. So when you kind of start using Azure DevOps, you kind, of, you kind of do a build and it's kind of manual. So if you've got your code in Visual Studio or Visual Studio um, code, for example, and you check it in, I wanted it to do an automated build. So it would always build when you do a check-in. So I did that in the first part. Uh, I think part two in part three, we're covering how to do the automated deployment as well, so that it doesn't just build the code, it actually does the deployment. So the first couple of steps were, here's how to do a manual build, here's how to do a manual release of basically an MVC.net 
and then I've shown you how to do an automated one so that you turn on the, the trigger um, and the build pipeline so that it automatically builds every time you check in. There's a build and then it can do a release if you set it up to do that. So that, that's pretty cool. It's quite nice when you show someone that, that when they check in code and the pull request accepted, that will go off and build and, and actually deploy straight to Azure. So that's kind of what I was just trying to demo, how to, how to get that up and running quite quickly. So yeah, that's what that was about. Yeah. <laughs> One of our... Uh, use cases for Azure DevOps. We do the exact same thing. Uh, there's a set of custom scripts that one of our um, relativity, it's our review platform that we integrate with. And, you know, we take these scripts and we built a custom utility to upload them to all of our different production environments. And it works great. Our, the people who are using it, they don't have to worry about it. They just check in the change and then bang, it gets deployed to all our production environments. And that is awesome. Yeah. It, yeah. Except when you have somebody who really doesn't understand the implications of that, <laughs> and they check in like changes every three minutes for like yeah. an hour. Yeah, and all the build agents get get held up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I have to make some uh, add a new queue and put some agents into that one so they don't swamp our main default queue. But <laughs> that was, yeah, that was interesting. So you can, you can, automation doesn't do everything for you, yeah. folks. There's oh, still yeah. that human factor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just nice for people who are coming along and they're kind of devs and they're not really, they're not really aware of how to deploy stuff. So it's good to be able to do that and just let them go on with their coding. But yeah, I always try and take all the staff, basically all the team members through how to do it, just in case something goes wrong. It's always good to be able to, to know how to do these kind of things. So that was mainly why I did that, just to set that up so people can set up code and get it deploying quickly. Cool. So you did another post on white source. What yep. is white source? So I actually didn't know what white source was until I did the Azure DevOps exam, where it asked me about white source. And I was like, why well, don't you know what white source is? So after <laughs> the exam, the first thing I did was I went on to the Azure DevOps marketplace, and there is a free stroke paid add on. Um, called White Source, which is OSS, so it's open source scanning um, software. So you can actually add this into your build pipeline. Um, and if you're using any open source libraries, it'll basically run a report and tell you if they're the latest versions or if there's any vulnerabilities against um, this open source software, which is really cool, actually. When I was at JP Morgan, um, part of the application security champion stuff that I did was we had to use Black Duck for open source scanning. Uh, and if it fails the build for any reason due to this open source scanning issue, um, then it would, it would literally fail the build and it would tell you you need to go and update the, the references or the packages, for example. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't even aware of it until I sat the exam. So, yeah, I did a blog post on that because not a lot of people know that that's there. There is a paid version as well, which does a, a wee bit more than, than the, obviously the free version. But the free version is enough for you to go away and implement that in your build. And I'll give you a nice little report at the end saying, these uh, versions of, like, for example, um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, what's one of the packages that's well known? Um, oh, I can't think. Uh, anyway, it just tells you that the version's kind of three behind the latest version, and you might want to upgrade it. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Good stuff. Yeah, my my issue. I've been actually looking at White Source for a while. I've got Bolt installed. Um, I have it set up in a couple of my nightly builds. My primary issue with it, and this is with actually White Source, the the full product and White Source Bolt, which is free, mm -hmm. is when you do an npm package. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's the, the child of the child of the child of the child uh -huh. of the child that has that vulnerability trying to follow that back up. It's impossible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You end up with things like the left pad issue. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, the price is right. It's really hard to beat the price. And you had a really good tip on in your post that I was looking for. And uh, I, I knew I had installed it and I knew I had run it, but I couldn't remember which of my builds it was in. Oh. And you show that you can do it all up for an entire project by going yeah. to the pipelines and then the white source bolt uh, menu option. So cool. that was good. I needed that today because they just did a, a, a PGI when they talked about white source bolt. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. So. Yeah. Well, there's quite a lot of add-ins in the marketplace that are good. I don't think a lot of people know there's things there. There's always I'm always finding new stuff in there. And that, I mean, that's probably another hidden gem. Is that marketplace? Yes, absolutely. Um, I know they're working on security stuff. Um, I'm kind of doing an NDA type Microsoft type thing, but right. yeah, there's 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 new add-ons coming on that that will help um, security stuff. So I'm looking forward to them coming out as well. So I need to keep an eye out for them. And you listeners, you know, you guys are out there and girls and women and not women. You can't say women. No, I can't say females. You can say women. Okay. Uh, now that I've alienated half my listeners, sorry. Go look at the marketplace. Keep scanning it. If Before you start writing your own PowerShell script to do stuff, uh, definitely go look at the marketplace. See if it's already been done because there's a lot of great stuff out there. And it's mostly, most of it is free. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's kind of hard to beat and it's easy to install. It's easy to uninstall. If you don't have the rights to install it, you can request it to be installed and your administrator will get a notification. Hey, so-and-so wants to install this plugin. So check yeah, it out. Very, it's very well done, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of new stuff coming out. We've used it for, we used that in for um, retrospectives. So at the end of the, the sprint, you can do an, a retrospective, which is quite nice. There's a lot of good stuff in there. What? There's a retrospective add-in? No. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's two actually. There's, there's, there's one I was helping out uh, test. Um, like I asked on Twitter, I was asking for, for te beta testers, so I was trying that out, and it was really cool. So it's the whole idea that you've got like a glad, mad, sad column, and you, you all put your stickies on, and then you kind of vote on. You can white dot vote. You can dot vote on things you want to do and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really cool. Lots of good stuff in there. Let's see. Yeah, retrospectives, Microsoft Dev Labs. What went well, what didn't go well, the whole sticky thing. Look at that. Yeah, no, it's pretty much, that's quite new, I think. I think that's come out in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, released on 115, updated 128. Yeah, okay. And we'll have the links in the show notes, guys, so you can uh, pick this up. That's, that's why I do this show, man. I learn more stuff, you know, from yeah. my guests. That is awesome. Okay, um, where are we? Where are we? lost oh uh what other kind of posts do you have coming are you doing are you going to do any more azure devops posts yeah 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 so i've done um part one two three for the automated release i need to i haven't really been logging this this last month i've been kind of busy doing all stuff but yeah we didn't want to pull requests how to set up pull requests and do code reviews um and also gated releases so the gated releases one is pretty cool you can set up that it'll build your um feature branch before you check it in um, and I'm going to do one on Azure boards because the boards is actually, in fact, there's actually a lot of cool stuff in Azure boards that people probably don't know about. Um, it's there's a lot of a lot of stuff in there that you probably don't know until you've been you've been playing about with it for a wee while. You can do all sorts of customization on columns, filters. You can do all sorts of stuff. Um, and I, I realised that they've recently brought out a simple board as well. So I think it's just like three columns to do, doing, and done, which is pretty cool. I think that's coming out short life is not already out so that's pretty cool uh so that's that's the plan those pull requests code reviews data releases and an article on azure boards that's in the pipeline cool yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to be reading your pull request and code review ones because we're not doing 
I, I don't think, I, I know we're not doing code reviews well here at my place. We do them yeah. and, and they're actually fairly structured and they, yeah. you know, we've got our level twos and threes who will review the code from level ones and, and, and they go in a room and everybody talks about the code and does the review. So they're all sharing the knowledge and everything. But I, I think we can do it even better. That sounds like an actually doing not a bad job, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people just said up that um, so a lot of people just said up that they need one other person to approve it, and, and I'd actually like to see some sort of time recorded against the the pull ref, the pull review, sorry, the code review getting opened because I think it's quite easy to gain the system, which is not good. You can just basically say, "Can you do that for me?" and just approve it, and that's kind of what happens. I've seen that quite a lot, which is not great. I think it'd be nice to see what time the code review was started and what time the code review is finished. Yeah. So you've been taking like 100 million Azure exams. Yeah. So last year, around about towards the end of December, I didn't know any Azure at all. And I was looking at things to learn. I was kind of I was kind of looking at Donet Core and thinking, eh. you know, it was kind of a bit of a mess back then. It was, they were still changing all sorts of things. They were going from uh, the application config to the web.config and all that kind of stuff. So I decided I was going to try and learn Azure. So I set aside two hours a night for pretty much most of last year to study Azure. Um, so yeah, I've sat eight of the beta exams, I've done the 100, the 101, I've done the architect exams, the dev exams, and the DevOps exam. Um, so that's not bad. I kind of, I've learned an awful lot. The main reason I wanted to sit the exams was just to try and gauge where I was. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, the beta exams came out kind of when I was starting off learning. So I struggled on the first couple, um, but it's it's good to know what, what you need to know, if you know what I mean. It's good to know what they're asking and what kind of level you're at. It's a bit like when you're doing some sort of online training. If you can kind of measure how you're getting on to begin with, and then halfway through measure it again, and then towards the end measure it, it's good. So I use the exams as a kind of a kind of gauge to where I was. So yeah, um, so yeah, I've been doing doing the exams. I've got one exam result still to get. I've got the DevOps exam still to get. I'm still waiting on that one. But I did set them like four months ago, so it's been a wee while waiting on them. I was just looking at your, you did a cool post on the Azure DevOps AZ400 exam and your study notes on it. And I don't, there, you mentioned the free Azure DevOps labs. I don't know if I knew about that before. So, well, one of the cool things that I forgot to mention is there's an Azure demo generator, so a DevOps generator. So if you go, I can't remember, I can get ping you the URL. But if you go there, you can basically click on labs and it'll give you labs on Azure DevOps, which is pretty cool. It's things like setting up white source for your open source scanning, uh, all sorts of things like setting up solar so you can get code coverage results, um, all that kind of good stuff. And it also sets up, you can also set up an entire project. So I'll give you example code. So there's ones for like Health Center, which is like a .NET core web app. And it'll set up the wiki, it'll set up the pipelines, the builds, the boards, it'll give you example check-ins and example PRs and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to get started with that, it's really good to see it also shows you how to do quite complicated builds, things like grunt packages and NPM and stuff. Does all that kind of good stuff. So that's that's good. And there's the lab as well. Yeah, the labs. I'm checking them out. These are pretty awesome. Oh. And listeners, you know, listeners, you know, you guys can start using Azure DevOps for free. That's the best part of it. Yeah. Yep. So you can just sign up, get it for free, uh, and you can start playing with these. And there's actually Team Foundation Server Labs here, but uh, the DevOps ones looks really cool and it's not even just the normal things like yeah uh -huh. continuous integration continuous delivery yada 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 but they also talk about the things that you know um a lot of us kind of hope to go away you know testing there's test plan and management with azure test plans uh web load 
performance testing, exploratory testing, <laughs> managing technical debt using uh, Azure DevOps and Sonar Cloud. And uh-oh, configuring builds as code with YAML. Damn, I guess we have to do that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did that one. <laughs> and then there's all the third-party ones too. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, doing the Docker-based stuff, doing Azure Functions, uh, the time tracker with seven, seven pace time tracker extension, doing PHP stuff. There's Python, that's good, because I'm gonna need that one. Java, I, yeah, just, we'll go to the, We'll have the link in the URL in the URL. We'll have the URL in the show notes at azuredevopslabs.com. Uh, and if you're trying to get people at work interested in Azure DevOps, they want to know what this DevOps thing is, this is like the place to send them. Yeah, awesome. All right. So we were talking about Azure exams. Um, which one was the hardest? Um, I think probably the developer exam was the one I took first. And I didn't. I think because I'm a Microsoft developer from the last 20 odd years, I thought I'll start with the developer exam. Um, and to be honest, I didn't have hands-on experience of a lot of stuff. So it was you know, the one thing that caught me out was the exam changed the week before I sat it as well. Uh. And the exam page hadn't been updated for about a month. So it was like a month after I sat it that they updated the page and they added all sorts of Kubernetes um, container stuff in there, which mm -hmm. I had not looked at. And that caught me out. So I think that was probably the hardest exam. Apart from that, because of my experience, um, probably the the AZ three hundred, the architect exam, the first one, I find that quite difficult. That was quite difficult. Yeah, I think um, because I'm a dev, I'm not really an Azure networking type person, so yeah, I struggle with the networking part of Azure. You know, you say you're trying to get your accreditation. Does it really you're not getting it for the accreditation as no. much as just like you were saying, a, a helping you learn Azure. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want. To, I can't learn all of Azure. I don't think anyone can. But I want to know. I want to. I want to learn it from my work, basically. What am I, What we're going to be using day to day. Uh, I want to see what's out there. What's possible. Um, yeah, I'm not really doing it for the accreditation, but I am kind of using that as a gauge to see what I need to know and what I don't know. So if I fail, I don't see it as a failure. I just see it as, as kind of like progress, and then I need to go away and learn the parts that I've been weak in, and then I can go and can can go and learn some more stuff. So yeah. That's kind of why I'm doing the exams. Yeah, I hear you. I, hear, I, I have a number of the exam prep books, and they're still in my to-be-read. <laughs> they're now out of date. <laughs> yeah, I think, actually, I think they are at this point. They're, they're for the older, yeah, they're not definitely the AZ. Yeah, so I think the hardest exams with anything to do with networking stuff, I find quite difficult, because I'm not really a networking person, to be mm -hmm. honest. Yeah. yeah. So... <sighs> In your mind, you know, we're jumping at my day-to-day -day job. We're jumping into Azure too, a little toe here and there, you know, spinning up VMs and, you know, th that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the hardest problem that we're having with Azure is there's so much. There's yeah. like 127 million different services mm -hmm. and there's different flavors of different things and stuff. It's just the, the, the depth and the broadness of all the offerings. It's overwhelming. Yeah. What do you what do you think like the hardest part of Azure is? Um, yeah, I think that's a good shout, trying to learn it all. So one of the things I did do was there's a guy on Twitter called Azure Barry, a guy from the Netherlands, and he's got a Pluralsight course on what to use, when and why. And it kind of covers like this this kind of top the top the top mostly used things in Azure or when and why you'd want to use them. And I found that very helpful because there's things like so many things that are kind of similar but slightly different depending on how you need to use it. Um, and he goes into a lot of detail of, of explaining why you would use like a logic app over a function app and that kind of thing. So I found that very useful. But yeah, you're right. There is so much to learn in Azure. It, is, it, 
it's almost impossible to keep up. Yeah, and it's moving so fast, too, yes. still. Like, God, it's 10 years old. Can't you slow down yet? Yeah. No, it seems to be speeding up more than anything. I think the problem is you might, you might sit an exam in, like, January, and by 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 then, the question, <laughs> you don't know if the question was written then or, or it's a, is it out of date. That's the kind of problem you've got as well. It's quite difficult to, to keep up to date. Absolutely. That's a hard job. All right, so you had another thing on here, and I saw this in December, and everybody was talking about uh, these things. Okay, what is an advent calendar? So I, I, didn't, I didn't actually know what an advent calendar was myself, um, and I follow a guy called Matthew Groves on Twitter who was doing it, and he basically tweeted, would someone, would someone like to take part? So basically it is 24 to 25 days of Christmas, um, and you basically you have to write a blog post on a topic. So he was doing a, a C-sharp advent calendar so all through december there's the slots available so he's doing two slots a day so he's looking for two blog posts from anyone or individually um per day and he basically puts it online and it's just a way to get people to blog about it sorry to blog about something so yeah that's what that is i think it's a great idea it's quite cool yeah i'm looking at his um second annual c-sharp advent yeah that's what he's saying one yeah that's pretty neat mm, it's, it's a cool idea yeah god look at some of the names you know uh, yeah well, well-known people. Plus, it's yeah. good, good to give, give back to the community as well. It's good to blog about stuff and, and help people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and again, we're going off the rails here. Why Azure Greg? Uh, that's a good question. I was trying to come up with something, and um, I've seen Azure Dave and Azure Barry, so I thought, why not Azure Greg? Yeah, because <laughs> I had a tag for my blog before, and it was, it was lame, so I thought, I need to put something in. So something short and simple. So Azure Greg. <sighs> okay, so... What is a what is a day in your life like? Oh, that's a good question. Um, there's no two days the same, to be honest. So I'm in charge of about 10 full-time people and about 20 to 25 contractors. So we're working on 10 different projects, maybe maybe 10, probably about 10 projects just now. So it's busy, uh, really busy. Um, the good thing I like about my, my day-to-day job is I am doing all sorts of things. So I am Scrum Master for some projects. I am working on DevOps stuff. I'm doing some Azure work. I'm doing a lot about project management uh, and managing people. So I'm doing a kind of mixture of all of that in between. I don't have a huge amount of Azure hands-on time. It's more kind of de- deploying of stuff. So it's more Azure DevOps type stuff. That's kind of what I'm doing at the minute. But come next week, next week it may be something completely different. So yeah, sometimes I'm doing workshops and sometimes I'm kind of meeting customers and, like I said earlier, talking to them about DevOps. And the one thing we're seeing a lot of in my work is, is everyone's kind of coming. Everyone's trying to move to Azure. So we've seen a lot of people who have got on-premise SQL stuff that want to move to the cloud. So, yeah, lots of different things day-to-day. That's why I like my job. It's different every day of the week. <laughs> yes. I don't, have a, I don't really have a, a normal day, to be honest. Yeah. Cool. So um, what's a great way for people to get a hold of you or to connect with you? Me? Uh, probably the best way is, is on Twitter. I'm very, very active on Twitter. It's probably my favorite place for, for keeping up to date. That's kind of what I do. So, yeah, if you just tweet me at, at Greg underscore Sutty, that's where you can find me. Or on my blog, which is gregasutty.com. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Greg Sutty kicking about, so it's quite an easy name to find. Yeah. Okay, now, again, going off the rails here, what mm. should I have asked you, but I didn't? Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Have you, asked, you probably didn't ask me much about the exams. Have you done the exams yourself? No, not yet. You said that without groaning your voice. Is there any reason why? 
You know, I'm not a final of exams. No, I just, I, I, I want I to read the books and I want to, you know, I don't want to fail. Yeah. So, no, I, yeah. so I don't even try, I guess, which seems kind of stupid, mm. but. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I think the books is probably not the greatest idea. Um, okay. They're probably out of date before they're written. Um, so I just kind of use Microsoft Learn quite a lot. I think that's probably one of my best favorite resources. And EDX is quite good. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I just sat an exam, failed it, and then really, really wanted to pass it. Mm-hmm. And then just moved, just did uh, all the beta exams. I kind of got into it. <laughs> what I think I need to do is schedule an exam, get it on the calendar. Yeah, it's funny you say that. That's what I did. I basically put an exam down for three, four weeks in advance. And let me tell you, that that, that focuses your mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly I'm not watching golf on the telly. Because <laughs> I don't want to fail. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I don't like exams. I know it sounds daft sitting eight of them, but yeah, I don't like failing exams. So um, it's, I guess if you feel it, you just have to look at it as, as, as progress towards passing it. Yeah, that's something I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do that. So when you 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 said when we talked about the exams that before you started this process, you didn't know much about Azure at all. Yeah, I didn't know Azure at all. I literally nothing. Yeah, so <laughs> doing it for four, fourteen months now. So yeah, I don't get me wrong. I spent a lot of time learning it, <laughs> an awful lot of time. But yeah, I didn't know Azure at all. Yeah. So the good thing is there's the new AZ900 exam, which is basically getting started with Azure fundamentals, which is probably the best place to start. Cool. All right. Well, you know, we're actually kind of running out of time. I don't know if we have time for the news. Okay. I'll tell you what we'll we'll do. uh, There's one news item that I want to make sure that we cover on it. This is a blog post from, oh God, I cannot pronounce her name. (laughs) Gloradel Morales Cairo. And it's the Azure DevOps roadmap for 2019 Q1. Listeners, if you guys, yeah, if you guys want to know what's coming up for Azure DevOps, uh, check out this post. Link will be in the show notes. And and they talk about all the different things on it. And as more importantly, they link to the feature timeline page, which gives you an idea of what the thing is. And actually, many of them link to the work items themselves. I think that's like the coolest thing. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, 2019 Q1, they're doing a, a boards update and export to CSV. And if you click on that link, you'll go to the actual real work item in Azure DevOps for that feature. That's kind of neat. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, talk about dog fooding it. And you can see all the other things that are coming up, uh, like YAML editor on the web and <laughs> all these other things and what version of the server they're going to be in. Uh, so that's the feature timeline. And uh, Gloradale's post, she goes into a little bit more detail on these um, items. So check out that one if you want to see what's coming up. If you're trying to manage expectations for your people, uh, check this out. Like, I like this one. Uh, build failures report. As an adoption of Azure pipelines continues to grow, we want to provide metrics and actionable insights to improve the throughput and stability of the pipeline. In Q1, we report on the trend of a pipeline by showing the success rate along with insights on how to improve it. That insights is going to be interesting. All right. Um, well, I think that's a show. What do you think, Gregor? Yeah, sounds like a show to me. Yeah. All right. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you for listening. If you want to reach out to us, RadioTFS at Outlook.com. Of course, we're on Twitter at RadioTFS. We're on Facebook slash RadioTFS. And I have to be honest with you, I haven't updated that recently. I don't even think I put Donovan Brown's show on there. So, yeah, I officially suck. Uh, voicemail. 
we did a voicemail last show. We actually sliced it in and, and you know everything was there on it. You could be like a guest on our show. Just give us a call. 1-425-233-8379. Don't worry about writing that down. Just come to the website and uh, the number is there as well. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. And Gregor, again, thank you very much, man, for coming on. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to Radio TFS. Mm-hmm.